Hello, ladies and gents. We are back for another quiet weekend of football. I don't think much has really gone on that everyone's missed. Um, you're joined this weekend with me, Stephen Cotton, and Ed Hall. Hello. Premier Hello. League's back, maybe. The Premier League's back. We are not joined with a certain Gav Mack because, as you all may have seen, they have welcomed a new addition to the family. So let's all let's all F's in the chat for Gav. F's in the chat. Um, but without further ado, we are we're going to do game by game. We're going to go with the way they were played this weekend. So we're going to go straight into believe it or not, we're going to go straight into the Merseyside derby and all the controversy and everything that came with it. So. The game started with what everyone's talking about for the last two or three days. The game started with six started minutes with a goal. In. Started with a goal. Oh, no, it started with a goal. He did start with a goal. goal. It was a very good goal as well. Uh, very well played uh, back to front from Liverpool. Sprayed passes, diagonals, left, right and centre. As lovely as the move was. Ed, are you looking at a few Everton defenders there for missed tackles, missed blocks? Is it a bit too easy? I think what you're referring to is Coleman should be going, would, should be making much more of an effort to tackle uh, Robertson on that yeah. left flank. But well, I think and, then to clo- and, then, and then to close down like, the second block on, on the tackle, yeah. I think what the commentator mentioned was if the fans were there egging him on, really get the feel for a Merseyside derby, he probably would have. But he was probably playing a bit cautious, set the tempo. You don't want to get sent off or give away a penalty in the first minute. But what's worse is they gave away a goal in the first minute. So honestly, that Mane finish though, it's it's what he, it's pretty much what he's known for. Like without using the uh the, the phrases that people hate to hear from those sort of players with the pace and the power and stuff. But the power from that shot, as much as we all don't like Pickford, there's no there's no fault for Pickford. That is hit with some absolute it's top bins. It's going in. It doesn't matter who's in goal. No one's stopping that. It was a. It was a great move. Set the game off perfectly. Liverpool started the game like a team who had lost seven two to Aston Villa, who really wanted to prove a point, but it all went horribly wrong shortly after. Uh, well, you you say that honestly. So I watched. I unfortunately had to go to work after the first half an hour, but I watched the um the first half an hour. And after that goal and just seeing how Liverpool were playing, I was thinking, Jesus, Everton have been overhyped. Liverpool are blowing this away. This is going to be an absolute mugging. Like this is, as I said, mugging, you lifted your mug up to drink. That was that was beautiful. Um, I thought this is going to be an absolute mugging from Liverpool. I couldn't see any way. And then two minutes later, Jordan Pickford. Now, obviously, We'll talk about this now. There's there's no point in bringing it up at the, at the end of the game or the end of the game review. We'll talk about it now. Um, the Jordan Pickford, I'm not even going to call it a challenge because to call it a challenge would be probably doing it more service than it actually should be. Um, it is an absolute horror show. It Honestly, seeing that, seeing the still image of Van Dyke's leg plant, it brings back memory of David Boost. It brings back, it brings back memories of Cisse. Honestly, it all it all comes about as well again because it always seems like we're dogging on Pickford, but he's out of position. He doesn't know where he is. He's forced himself into going into this 
challenge because he's so far out of position. He's so he, he doesn't know what's going on. But if that is a midfielder making that challenge in the middle of the park, that's not exactly. even a three game ban. That's probably a five. It's probably even more like Ed talk to me. You obviously you're a Liverpool fan. Talk to me when you when you first saw that tackle. What 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 were you thinking? I mean, I see a lot of headlines and I see a lot of comments going, is it a yellow, is it a red? It's not a question of, is it a yellow, is it a red? The question is, why is Pickford still on the pitch? Yeah. And regardless and, uh, of whether it's an offside has been given, regardless if it's, if it's happened after the whistle's blown, that doesn't make a difference. If you can send a player off after the final whistle, you can act upon a challenge which happens when a flag's gone up. And regard regardless... Even if the even if the ball was out for a throw in, you would send them off easily. And as you said, if Tiago yeah. did that, if that happened to Tiago, which funnily enough he was involved in a later incident, that happened to yeah. Tiago in the middle of the park, he would instantly have been sent off the pitch. It, it, instant red, uh, and and it now, changes it, the game. It changes of the entire course it changes game. The game. Look, like before we get into it too far, but look how many look how many decent saves Pickford made. Look how if you're playing against ten men for eighty four minutes with not only 10 men, but they're, they're now using their substitute goalkeeper, it would make a whole difference. But going back to VAR thing, um, we obviously talk a lot about VAR here. We have no other choice to every other week because it is every other week. Um, the application has been so misused or so wrong this weekend that it, it, it's... I understand that it's offside, right? It's offside. Cool. It's offside. But surely, surely, if anyone had any common sense, it's offside, right? But surely the man in VAR, whoever it is, gives gives a little call down to Michael Oliver. Michael, it's offside, but you might want to look at the challenge on, on Van Dyke or whatever it is, to, to just literally re-look at that whole situation and go, yeah, it's offside. What does what does that mean for the future of football going forward? Does that mean this season that if you know the whistle's gone for a free kick, a throw in, an offside, whatever? Okay, I'll just go two footed on someone then. I'll just throw an elbow in someone then because if they're not gonna if they're not gonna punish you for stuff that's happened after a free kick, then then what does it matter anymore? I think the scariest thing about it all is, and I still stand by uh, VAR because. I don't, I don't believe you should be able to have an unfair... I don't think the wrong team should win a game. I don't think the wrong team should get, get the result. But honestly, when you see professional referees, these are paid. These have done years of training. They have got themselves into this position. And my mum, bless her, she doesn't watch football. And she sees the challenge. She sees as if these offside. And if she can see it, bless her, if anyone watching it across a pub 30 metres away with one screen there can go, that's a foul, that's offside, how could a man with multiple camera angles and all the time in the world not go, listen, mate, I think you should have a look at that? How does it happen? And it's every single so, week. Wonderful. So, Ed, this, this brings my next question, right? So, the only way that Pickford can be retrospectively punished is if Michael Oliver says in his match report that he didn't see the incident, which I'm assuming he didn't because he didn't book him X, Y, Z. So then that begs the question, right? 
so there's two outcomes here. So Michael Oliver says he didn't see it, didn't see the incident. Then Pickford can get re retrospectively banned, which would be the right outcome. But then you've already got a question. How was he not seeing that? So if there was no VAR, so, so what, two years ago, or whatever it was, when there's no VAR, if your goalkeeper went in like that on someone and you got away with it scot-free, like what is it, that? That's it. Like that. That's the end of it. Like we've we've brought VAR in into football for these exact reasons for situations that the referees either miss or they don't interpret or whatever. So, like I said, with the match report. So does Michael Oliver now? He's got two options. He either has to admit his fault and say he didn't see the situation. So they can retrospectively ban him, which then puts himself in the far end line. How have you missed th this incident? But then if he does say he's witnessed the incident and hasn't decided to take any action against Pickford, then that's it because Pickford can't get any retrospective. That's Michael Oliver saying, I've seen it. And then even then he's like, he, he, his stock drops because people are like, well, how have you seen that assault and, and not decided to give a card, a, a yellow at minimum, a minimum. So I, honestly, I don't, I don't think Michael Oliver's can win. I think, I think he might have to sit out a weekend of Premier League action. I've been thinking. Do you think perhaps we should evaluate the English officiators we have? Hundred percent, I mean, all the time. I mean, I always believe this. I mean, if we use foreign exports for the Premier League players, for Premier League managers. Why are we not doing it for officials? If they're 100%. not meeting the if they're not meeting the benchmark and clearly not enough are coming in, then there should be some form of perhaps a promotion or relegation system or not like a football table. But why can we not have the top of the top referees with you know a significantly smaller error rate playing in one of the most profitable football leagues, sports leagues in the world? But no, oh, we're just sticking by the same poor English officiators i can i can already feel like like et i can feel gav is watching this and he's and his head's boiling because because he's an ex-ref but honestly we've spoken about the officiating the prem for the last few years i don't think any of us think it's up to scratch uh var coming in was supposed to help refs and it's almost like they've just kind of like not regressed but they're just they're laying back on it and that they're, they're We've said this before, in, in high-pressure situations, it's very easy now for a ref to just not give the penalty or not give the red card and then rely on the VAR sort of thing. So we've had a few comments during this about this, uh, about talking about our um, VAR. So we've got this one saying, Man United got a penalty after full-time. Uh, the penalty wasn't actually given after full-time. Uh, the incident happened during the, the, the given game time, so that is a no-go. Uh it's the same as punching someone during play. No, it's exactly that. So now what you're saying is, if it's a, if the whistle's been blown for a foul or a free kick or offside, so are you allowed to hit someone? Are you allowed to do whatever? It's it, it's setting such a awful precedent, and I I just don't know where we go from here. And Ed, I was the same as you. If you watch far back enough in the channel, like the first few videos, me and Gav were talking about VAR. He didn't want it. I was very much for it because it helps the referees with stuff they don't see. We'll get onto the offside in a minute. And unfortunately, with the offside rule, 
it's just, it's not the same as when you get a speeding ticket, right? When you get a speeding ticket, if it's a 30 zone, you get a 10% variance, don't you? If you're within that 10% variance, you get away with it. Unfortunately, there is no 10% variance with offside. You're on or you're off. As awful as it is and down to the millimeter and we'll get on to what happened in this game in a minute. You're on or you're off. There's, there's, there is no other way about it. Th these decisions with the red cards or not red cards, X, Y, Z, it's still very subjectual. And if the referees aren't catching it, then then who is? Because the people... In how how has Michael Oliver missed that? Fair enough. If he hasn't seen it, he hasn't seen it, like we said. If he hasn't seen it, then he has to be put in his report. But how has the guy in Stockley Park seen that replay and gone, oh yeah, don't worry about the uh, scissor the challenge. The, the ball gets crossed in, it continues to go out of play, Pickford's come flying in, took Van Dyke out, the ball hasn't changed course. What does he think exactly. happened? Yeah, exactly. What do you think's it's, happened? And I, I, maybe I sound arrogant or perhaps I sound like, oh, it's not that simple. But every time I look at an offside decision, I can tell you instantly whether it's onside or offside. If you can't work it out, if you have to pull out a line to check for millimetres, you it's clearly too tight for you to make a call. It's, so it's yeah. inconclusive. You let it carry on. At the moment you crack out a line, you cannot tell. So therefore, you give know, the goal. You know, know when uh, someone's offside. You know it. Darren Lineker made a really good point last night on Match of the Day, which was like, we all have lost sight on We definitely all have lost sight on that. Gary Lineker even said, let's not lose sight on the fact that level is actually onside. We're so, with, with these lines and these spreadsheets that they drop across the screen, like it's Robocop. Yeah. We forget that like level is on. We're always looking for the foot over or the elbow over or the arm, this, that and the other. We forget that level is actually onside. And, we're th this will this is not the first time this season we've had this conversation or this chat on this channel about offsides and var and it will not be the last by any stretch but moving on we're not moving on from the game we'll move on to the game but pickford yeah. should have been sent pickford should have been sent off yeah what do you it, think even even if even if they don't give the penalty and they say it's offside but the foul no, was I don't think it should have been a penalty. It still should have been no, no. just a red card. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's if what I agree. It, yeah, that's if we're saying that it's um it's still offside, but it's violent conduct after the play or endangering the player, whatever you want it, whatever umbrella you want to put it under, even if you give that offside, he sent off, right? Yeah, that's what I agree now after, with. Now after six minutes, that changes the game, right? Either way, it's already one nil. Then we that's have for it. Then we have, yeah, you've lost your, you've lost your aerial threat, but you shouldn't have been put in an aerial threat for the first goal because Calvert Lewin's shot from a ridiculous angle isn't going in, isn't troubling any normal goalkeeper. But Adrian decides to parry it around the post anyway for whatever Adrian reason. Only parries the ball. It's quite frustrating as a Liverpool but, fan because he's but, not but, confident in catching it, and it just puts you in another dangerous position. So that that, that, that shot was going was wide. I yeah, know, that shot was going wide. I know, I know yeah. it was going wide, but he's a, he's not a he's not a goalkeeper, but full of confidence. No, no, he's, but you're right. So, so when, similar to Jordan Pickford. When you say it's doubled, it's doubled the problem. It has doubled the problem because it's a shot that was nothing. He's parried it out for a corner, and that corner comes in. Like you said, you've lost your aerial threat, Michael Keane, and I mean, what more can you say about like? Chris Packett wrists is the only 
thing you can see. It's literally come straight at him. It's come straight. It's hit him here. And it's still managed to bend his fingers back and go in. Let's not dwell on it too much. It's a poor save. Well, it's not a save. It's poor, poor attempt at a save. It's one all. I still think it was in Liverpool's ascendancy. And then obviously you go 2-1 up. Yeah, Mo Salah with a fantastic goal. Fantastic um, goal. I think even even Mo wasn't expecting to bang that one. He just tried his luck with that. It was a snapshot, instant reaction. Just press shoot. Yeah, just literally, press, shoot. press circle. Press circle, yeah, just that's press all shoot. that was. And it went in, I jumped out off the sofa. I thought, this is it. But then I remembered Van Dijk's not on the pitch. And come to bite us again, Dominic Calvert-Lewin with a Ronaldo-esque jump. Monster header, Alex absolute Oswald. monster header. Yeah, yeah, Alex. To be fair, to be fair. So our own two up top, Alex. Uh, you you lot wouldn't have seen it, but in the group chat um, a few days ago, he literally uh, there was the video of Ronaldo doing the ridiculous leap and how long his hang time was. And Alex said um, how Calvert Lewin almost reminds him of Ronaldo with how long he hangs up with it with the header time and stuff. And he this week absolutely proved right. He was up there for four minutes. Uh, not even just that. The header was perfectly placed, bottom corner. He is on some run of form. Is is Calvert-Lewin's form confidence? And is the confidence because of Ancelotti? Or is he just thriving under a decent manager for once? It's a combination. Of course it is. They're playing to dominate Calvert-Lewin's strengths. And that is target man. But he's not necessarily the old traditional target man we've come to expect, where their only outlet is just whipping the ball to him. The team is built around him, in truth. James Rodriguez is a fantastic crosser of the ball, which works perfectly for Calvert-Lewin. Carlo Angelotti's shown faith in him, and he's showing the faith back. And when a man's in confident form, the way Calvert-Lewin is, he's going to bang goals in. And he's certainly going to be breathing down Kane's neck, Rashford's neck, for uh euro spot he's he's in terrific form and he was certainly he was certainly likely to score the moment van dyke was off the pitch um yeah. yeah well and then liverpool thought they had won it in the 94th minute should have won, as, it, should have won it and that's not even coming from as, a biased perspective as what would be in the merseyside derby there's no merseyside derby with that late minute drama but um I'm going to go to you first, Ed, because obviously you're a Liverpool fan. Offside? No. No. You're not, you're not no. having it? I mean, okay, so because I was watching the game with my heart in my mouth, when the moment it went to VAR, I did what lots of people, I was like, oh, it's offside. You know what I mean? I'm trying to soften the blow for myself. I'm trying to just go, oh, it's offside. So everything pleasantly surprises me. But there's no way in hell that's offside. We clearly... It, this one hurts me because we've been on the good side of VAR Liverpool in comparison to a lot of teams the last two years. But I've always stood by other people and agreed with the decisions which has gone against them. I've not been happy with the way it's been implemented. And that there was just the worst advertisement for VAR. One of the worst advertisements for what the Premier League's became. Of course, Everton will be chuffed with it. And I'd, I'm, I was quite impressed with how Everton played because usually they play for a draw. And today they actually went for it. And I'm gutted. I'm gutted because that would have been a perfect finale to a, a hard contested game. Um, um, I'm, I'm on the down. fence. 
I, no, I'm on the fence then. I'm very much either way because, like we just said, the offside rule is the offside rule. If they're off, they're off. If they're on, they're on. Um, what I will say in Liverpool's defence is we... They can draw that line on Mane, right, and show his elbows a millimetre offside. Okay, that's fine. But we still don't ha- no, but we still don't have the technology, right? If you think of these HD cameras of how many frames per second they're taking the picture, right? When we can categorically say that that was the frame that, that he struck the ball with, because you could you could honestly easily show me Mane onside and offside, and in a half a millisecond, you could show me six different pictures of when the ball was struck. So until you can actually pinpoint and do the technology of like frames per second of when the ball is touched to when the player is offside, then then come back to me. I, I, I want this millimetre, if you're offside, you're offside rule. I, I want it. Don't get me wrong. But with the Mane one, like I said, it, when you when you can when you can physically show me how you've calculated when the when the ball was touched, because that, that there's under like a millisecond in that, and I'm I'm not sure in the picture that in the picture they've used of VR, he's offside. He's by literally a, a badger's nutsack hair, but then it's not offside. Well, if if he's off by if he's off by a millimeter, he's off by a millimeter. Like, I, I listen, I saw it and I thought, wow, that's 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 harsh. But if he's off, he's off. So until we get the technology, like I said, where we can where we can pinpoint when the pass is made, when when the player receives the ball, then we won't know. But it finished. It finished. Yeah, Anthony all. Rich made a good point though. It's losing both Allison and Van Dyke. But of course, that's the problem. I mean, who before Allison and Van Dyke? That Liverpool was scoring tons of goals. There was never an issue with Liverpool's attack. It was their defence, and they brought in Allison and Van Dijk. That was their two targets. He was only interested in two club, and now he's lost them both. So but I'd expect to see a Liverpool. It, a it, even ago. even when Liverpool weren't were running away with the league last year, I said so many times on the, on the show last year. Even when it was January, when Liverpool were literally however many points ahead. I literally said, if you go out now and you buy Koulibaly or you buy anyone to pair against Van Dijk, you will cement the league for the next two, three years. Like you're, you're building a dynasty sort of thing. And they didn't. And now it's kind of come back to bite because Lovren's, Lovren's gone. You've you've literally now got Matip and Gomez. And I, I like Gomez. I know a lot of Liverpool fans actually like don't seem to like Gomez. Oh, but Matic, he, he, I, call, I called him a team because you well, did that. I, I, love one, yeah, yeah. I love Matic. But yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But there's going to be problems at Liverpool for the next few games because of Van Dijk, but we're going to have to move on because we've spent a lot of time. Please, please. I, I no, know, I know, but I'm rightly so because there was a lot of talking points in that game. So we're going to go, we're, we're just going to do it like timeline-wise. So we're now yeah. going to talk about Chelsea against Southampton. Um, if you haven't, I feel like match of the day, if you haven't seen the score, it, it finished, believe it or not, Chelsea three, Southampton three. So Chelsea went one nil up with Timo Werner finally, finally scoring. Um, it's a half half decent goal. Um, I'll come back on this. Uh, just two seconds. We'll go back to this. I'm with you both on this. I love the accuracy, but as I said, if it's not clear, surely they're on because it isn't too brief. But that again, like I said. Um, 
level is onside. So until they come back, until they come back with a complete system where they can sort the offside out, we're stuck with it. So Chelsea went one up with Werner. Um, he'd already scored, but it was ruled out for offside. Uh, he scored his first goal. It was just a whole hodgepodge of a mess of a goal. His second goal, though, is what I'd like to talk about because his second goal, where he looped the ball over the keeper and headed it into an empty net. Have you seen it, Ed? No, I missed this game, unfortunately. Oh, okay, okay. So um, anyone watching would like to uh, disagree with me. Uh Timo Werner's second goal, humble, very clear humble. Um, I don't know why VR has not looked into it. I don't know if there was so much going on in the game that they brushed over it, but the ball's dropped over the top. It's hit Werner like here, and he's just then his next touch is taking it over to keeper and header it in. So have we have we given up on handballs with the VR, or is it just for certain? Would you teams? prefer we gave up on handballs? Um. Yeah. Right. If, yeah. If they're, so, if they're inconclusive like that, one hundred percent. So, so pre VAR life, I wouldn't have cared about that goal because okay, it's brushed his forearm, but it's not intentional. Blah blah. But when it happens to everyone every week, you support a team, I support a team. We have handballs given against us every week. We have goals ruled out for handballs every other week. So. It's only, it's only fair sort of thing. Like So, football hat on and two years ago about VAR, I, I wouldn't want that Werner goal ruled out at all. Now, oh. now if oh, oh if my team's getting goals ruled out for that, yeah, I want, I want that ruled out as well. Of course, it, it's, of course. Ed, it, it, it's, pre, it's pretty clear as well. It's like pure forearm and I don't know why they haven't even looked at it. Now, I was following the scores, though, for this game. So, Timo Werner gets his first Premier League goal for Chelsea, followed swiftly by a second. I think his second, which was, goal. The, which was the handball. Yeah, he got his first in the League Cup, his first um, official goal for Chelsea Football Club. Um, hopefully now, just by showing he can get that second goal swiftly, he can push on and be the goal-scoring machine we've come to know from him in the Bundesliga. The problem is, it doesn't matter how many goals Timo Werner scores, Chelsea will concede just as many at the back. Yes, they will, because Danny Ings' goal was one of the most easiest goals you'll see in the Premier League. He literally walked it round Kepa. Uh, Chelsea conceded three today, uh, yesterday, sorry, and I don't think you can really blame Kepa for any of them, which is a shock. But um, Ings, the Chelsea defending was absolutely terrible for the goal, so it made it 2-1. Ings literally rounded, rounded the keeper and tapped into an empty net. Great so even then you... Even then, you're thinking, still still a Chelsea game until this Che Adams goal. Now, I can think I can, I think I can blame Kepper for this one. Uh, this Che Adams goal, uh, Kepper comes into no man's land, doesn't claim anything. Um, in fact, I he, he clips one of the players. So, if it wasn't a goal, I think they could have had a shout for a penalty because he, he's clipped someone's ankles. Um, then the ball hits the post, it hits the defender, and then Che Adams smashes it, top bins, two all. Southampton think they're back in the game. And then literally two minutes later, Timo Werner decides he wants to become creator rather than scorer, sets up Kai Havertz for... Is that his first Premier League goal? I don't want to say that without saying, but I think it might be his first Premier League goal. Uh, literally a tap-in. Chelsea think they've got all the three points. But as Ed alluded to, they literally can't defend at the minute. 
Chelsea's conceded record under Lampard is absolutely atrocious. Um, I'm going to get these figures wrong, but I'm like in the ballpark. Uh, they talked about it yesterday, and it was something like 58 games, 69 conceded, or something. It's, it's a, it's an, it's an, a negative KD for Frank Lampard. But Chelsea thought they had it wrapped up until the 92nd minute with a foul that didn't need to be a foul and a free kick comes into the box and it's to say it was poorly defended would give the impression that it was defended because it wasn't defended. Uh, I think it was Walcott smashes like a cross come shot back across the box. Vestergaard sticks a head on it in it goes three, three and Chelsea lose three points to get the one. Chelsea will be increasingly frustrated by these performances. They they were brought into this. Maybe not all Chelsea fans, but I've, I think when you make them signings, regardless of what we thought of them, you would have had the excitement of titles, especially when you finished in the top four the year prior. Oh, oh gotcha. Oh, Ed, Ed, but with the competition for top four and the, def- the goals they're leaking, you could even miss out on Champions League, which means you're going to regress and that could be the end of Lampard's tenure at Chelsea because we've you, never seen Chelsea stick with a man with exactly. results like that. I, and you know I hate talking about money and what money equates to and whether it should be a good player because you spent money. Listen, Chelsea have spent, spent this summer. And anything anything other than top four come Christmas, and I think Frank is in a whole world of trouble. I, re- mm-hmm. I really, really do. Um, the... the I honestly think the nostalgia has rubbed like the nostalgia was rubbed off now. I don't think it's the same with Solskjaer. Like everyone wants to dig out Solskjaer, but how come no one else is digging out Frank? He spent a lot of money. He's a, he's already had time there. They're not particularly progressing under him, and and I don't think they will. I think I think this is how the season is going to go, sort of thing. Yeah. So, well, hopefully Frank Lampard can resolve the issue because we need more British managers. But if he hasn't got it, he hasn't got it. Moving on to the next game then of the day was Manchester City versus Arsenal, which was I was thinking and hoping was going to be an absolute blockbuster. Um, now, what I got was uh, Manchester I'm City sure. ended up winning the game 1-0. I don't know if everyone saw it. I don't know what... Ed, did you see the game? Oh, I watched the game, yeah. It wasn't particularly spectacular, was it? I think the reason I wasn't expecting such a spectacular game is I've very got. I'm, I, I like how Arsenal play. They're very realistic um, w- with what they can do. They do. They're very good at soaking up the pressure. And with players like Willian, Aubameyang, Lacazette, um, Saka, like they they pose a serious threat. Ninety minutes a game, but, but they no longer look the team that will concede four, five, six the moment the going gets tough. Manchester City, without Kevin De Bruyne, are not going to create as much chances, and they're a team which is in not the greatest of form. No, so no, when no. I saw, when I saw them two coming together, I didn't expect there to be a goal fest. Raheem Sterling again gets a goal; it will do him the world of good. Manchester City, I think, because of how they started and the way they finished last season, will be. It sounds mad, a bit like a dark horse or not maybe like a silent horse because as much as I'd always back City to be in the top two they've been quite quiet about their business yeah and I just see, feel like I, we'll see them 
I, I very much thought this season would be the season that, that City would get it together because there's no way Pep's letting them have a season like they had last season. There's no way he's not digging out those players. But they every game they've played, maybe since lockdown, but definitely this season, has been very uninspiring. Even when they win the games, like this game, this game yesterday, like it was very, very passive. I think I think Arsenal could really feel hard done by for for not getting a point or something out of the game. I think I think City were that passive and that just meh. The, but Manchester City still know that they are vulnerable at the back. But, but they, they always the will be. No, but that's what I mean. They knew they what they had to address. They thought, okay, we've lost a leader in company. Bought Nathan Ake. It's not. It's uh, like if there was a defender they were crying out for, it wasn't him. I'm and then they spent X amount, sixty million on 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 Diaz as well. Which... But regardless, they still have a fantastic squad, and you'd expect them expect them at a minimum to be challenging for the title. Arsenal yeah. looked much better than they did in previous years. Just as what I'd say to Arsenal fans is just. Be patient with the process. Be patient. So, so Man City took the lead after 23 minutes with Raheem Sterling. It was basically uh, Phil Foden's work, uh, cutting in, cutting in from the inside, having a shot. Uh, Me and Alex had a disagreement about this. I think that seeing as how the shot was pretty straight at Leno, and it was hit with a bit of power, um, I don't really know what Leno is supposed to do other than parry it. Uh, it's unlucky that it's fallen to Raheem Sterling, but the reason it's fallen to Raheem Sterling is because there's about three City players unmarked in the box when the ball when the second ball lands, and you you can look at your goalkeeper for parrying or whatever, but if there's that many players free in the box for the ball to land to, you, you can't really blame your keeper. Sterling literally rolled it into an empty net. I'm looking I'm looking at the image here from. Um, Sterling tapping it in, and there's Sterling, Aguero, and Mares all completely unmarked, putting it into the empty net. So, kind of too many complaints there. Can we perhaps quickly just put in as we're doing shooting this podcast? Uh, Leicester versus Aston Villa has just wrapped up, and Aston Villa have won their fourth game on the trot. A last have they actually minute from Ross Barkley? Have One they nil. actually just won that game? No way! Oh my lord! Beating the likes of Liverpool and now Leicester this week. So the table points. reads: the table currently reads Everton played five, 13 points. Aston Villa played four, 12 points. Are we looking at the new title winners? No, I'm joking. Uh, but they should be very proud of themselves. They've played terrific. I can't comment on that 90 minutes. That is crazy. So, yeah, uh, so the City Arsenal game ended 1 0. Um, not so much with that incident. It was a bit of a uh, sort of game. Black um, Yeah. Party came on that everyone's been hyped for. And what's a birthday party without a card? Because he got booked in the 90-something minute. Um, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, pretty much nice. of a bit of a nothing. It, 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 was, it was Builders, um, Master versus Apprentice with Pep and Arteta didn't live up to any of that billing. I'll tell you what, though, I think Pep will be happy to have got the win over Arteta because... Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just just because you, you don't want to be... that FA Cup knockout. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, again, I, I, I'll echo the sentiments that you said, Ed. I think Arsenal fans 
I said it at the start of the season. I think they've I think they've got a lot to look forward to. I think that be optimistic, like you said, stick 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 by it. The process is clearly sort of there. Um, they're, don't get, they're, don't they're get doing, excited because you're just going to set yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, the they're doing the right. They're doing the right things. Yeah, they're, enjoy yeah. the process. They're doing the right things. Get Ozil off the books, and everyone's a winner. And then the last game of Saturday was Newcastle United versus Manchester United. Now, you were coming in at underdogs in this game. Yeah, massive underdogs. So I was at work. I was at work for this. So don't, I, I've watched the full 90 minutes back, so I'm, I'm whatever. But I was at work for this, and I straight away got the notification on my phone. Two minutes in, Luke Shaw, own goal, Newcastle 1-0. And I was literally like, here we go again. Um, but having seen, yeah, having seen the full 90 minutes, having watched the game... Um, we actually look pretty good. Uh, listen, I know it's Newcastle. I know it's Newcastle. Don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm. When I say we look good, it's in in context. Uh, Maguire kind of silencing a little bit of people. Like people said, he should have had a rest, and should he still be playing? Me myself said he shouldn't have been playing at the national break. Good header. It's about time he starts scoring headers because he's a big man. He's a big figure in the box. He should. He should be scoring more goals than he is. There we go. So Maguire scored a header to make it one all. Now, Bruno Fernandes is human after all because he missed a penalty. Well, I would say a missed penalty. It was a good save, but he missed a penalty. So, and then and then this game kind of just like lost control sort of thing. So yeah. in the 85th minute, it was one all. Uh, and then... Uh, Bruno scored, which was an absolutely ridiculous. Uh, hold on, just quickly before we talk about this, like the breakaway for the move for the penalty, Bruno just hit some half volley sprayed 70 yard swerve pass that was just. But anyway, uh, so the, so Bruno's goal, oh, back to front goal. What a goal. Um, nice interplay. Rash was burst forward with the ball. He's got to just inside the box, just a lovely nonchalant little back heel to set up Bruno, Bruno from a tight angle. And you know what? It's not even top bins. It's like one of those ones that's like, it's like rustled the inside of the net before it's gone top bins. Like it's just, just touched the inside of the net before it's gone top corner in the 87th minute, which is, which is, was a nice goal. And then in his 50th Manchester United appearance, Wambasaka scored an absolute screamer, and is that his? I'm pretty sure that's his first Premier League goal. I might be wrong, but it was an absolute it's thump. for you as well. I think it's also his last Premier League goal. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Yeah, but it was an absolute thump. And then I didn't even again. I didn't even realize this till I got home and I was watching match of the day. But then Rashford scored, and it's a great finish from Rashford. Yeah, but this pass is just so. It's just so dumb. It's literally taking like six players out of the game to the point where Rashford's one on one with a keeper. By the time the ball lands at his feet, he's one on one with a keeper. Keeps his cool. Great finish, Rashford. Um, about the time we won a game. Um, and I said today, going into this, that if we would have lost today to Newcastle, then the knives would have been out in the press for Ollie. Um, rightly so or not, I'm not going to comment on that because I'm still, I'm, I still rate the guy. 
But if we'd have lost heavily today, I genuinely think it could have been the end for him with Poch waiting in the wings. But we finally seem to be hitting a little bit of, I wouldn't say form, but at least a little bit we knew we were playing together. We've got PSG on Tuesday, so we'll see how that one works. <laughs> but It's not what you need. No, it's, it's not, not what we need at all. But Manchester United won 4-1. I've got to give credit where credit's due, though. I'm, I'm not going to go into the details, but I don't think Solskjaer's the man, but I've got to give him credit for pulling his team together, both physically, psychologically. He had some real players down in the dumps there, and to get yeah. a result after after an international break, after a thump in by top four rivals, you know, he's done very well to, to achieve that. And Do you know, Especially just, Maguire. Just a quick one. We'll move on from United like, instantly after this, but... I will say the people that say that um, Solskjaer is out of his depth or he doesn't know what he's doing or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Me. We, we finished third in the league last season and got, and got to a European Cup final and an FA Cup final, uh, semi-final. A European semi-final, sorry, and an FA Cup semi-final. I was about now, to say, no, you didn't. <laughs> now, is is that not a half-decent season? Like, if that, if that was anyone else, if that was anyone else in a club in the top four... It, it was the way you closed out the season. It was how you came back from um, uh, the break. I think that was why people were raising questions. Second half of the season, you... Okay, so what does, he, what does he get credit for the second half of the season then? Still the same manager. He, still, he, got the, he got those performances out of those same players. Because you're one of the biggest clubs on planet Earth and you but draw we, but, uh, a lot of Ed, attention. Ed, Ed, we both know that the squad isn't good enough. I didn't say I, I, I didn't say the squad was. I'm just saying you're always going to get negative feedback. True, the whole true, true. So moving on to today's games. First game of the day was Sheffield United versus Fulham in what we at two up top have got down. Wait, as. wasn't this wasn't this on um, pay per view? It was on pay per view. Imagine spending fifteen pounds to watch Sheffield United versus Fulham on a Sunday morning. A six point colossal masterpiece now we are not advocating piracy but i would strongly suggest if you ever want to spend 15 pound watching sheffield united versus fulham you would find other means we have a now, website for you <laughs> yeah the game didn't even spark into life uh, i watched the first half and it was a championship clash it was just very very tight not much going on scrappy not literally not much going on uh um, you would expect from the two bottom teams yeah I, I mean coming into coming into the season i thought fulham would struggle just looking at their squad um i didn't necessarily day one expect sheffield united to struggle but they are they're in some they're in some like real dire straits right now um nothing really happened until ed mitrovic missed a penalty and well, that was some miss as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's still, still traveling, still coming down from orbit. Um, which is Mitrovic is now he's failed to score four of his past ten penalties in all competitions against English teams. I'd stop giving him. I'd stop giving him the penalties. I'd be interested to know is that Fulham's uh, uh, the Leeds game? Is that the first time Fulham have gone up in a game in the Premier League so far? Taking the lead, yeah, it is. Yeah, taking the lead. Yeah, you know, they'll be gutted with that. But I, so, so Fulham took the lead. 
Yeah, no, no, carry on. No, no, you go on. I'm just, I'm really concerned by Fulham because I, I don't enjoy watching them play football. No. They look that. Look, I'll tell you what my problem is. My problems with Scott Parker. I don't have a problem with him as a man, as a player. I quite respected him as a player, a long time servant at the Premier League. He is not a Premier League manager. But that's the thing, being he a geezer. Like, yeah, but that's what I mean. He's more, I said yeah, he's like a car yeah. salesman. But he, do you yeah. know what else he reminds me of? He reminds me of like, you know, you play football and it'd be like the someone's dad was the coach. Like, yeah, that's yeah, who Scott yeah. Parker is. He's just, he, yeah. If you're I see the same in Frank, anyone, he's not coming up with the answer. I see the same in Frank, though. Being a geezer or being an ex-player doesn't mean necessarily... Like, we might be doing Scott a disservice because he did get him promoted, don't get me wrong, but I, I just, I, I'm the same with you. I don't see it in him. I don't see Fulham lasting. They did take the lead, though, through a Doma Lookman. Absolute smashing finish. Reminded me, reminded me very that. much of the FIFA 21 gameplay at the minute because someone tackled him and the ball bounced off his shin and then his knee and still bounced through and he still hit it. And it went top bins, cracking goal. And they thought they had it won until the 85th minute where Billy Sharp, absolute journeyman, long-serving Billy Sharp, scored a penalty. I love Billy Sharp. He is he is pure championship manager material. But Sheffield United, Fulham, finished one all. Scott Parker's um, replacement. Scott Parker's... Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> so Sheffield United, Fulham, finished one all. Um which leaves Fulham 19th in the table with one point and Sheffield United 17th with one point. Early days, I know, but I can't see... I, I see Fulham going down and we've said already this season on the show that we see Sheffield United struggling. So that's, it's that's, be that's the key word, struggling. I don't... I'm not sold... They might not go down, down. but... I, no, yeah. they might not go down. But they're, still, definitely... they're still hard to beat. They're still hard to break down. The problem is they're not taking the one or two chances they get a game and they're exactly leaving it right. open. But, so uh, the next game... The next game this afternoon was Crystal Palace versus Brighton and Hove Albion, which is... Is that sort of a... Is that sort of a London derby? Are we, are we no, it's, um, it's a postcode derby, I believe. Um, are we calling that... I, I, on the radio, and then, and then, they mentioned some form of derby. And then five. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, before before we actually crack on further into this game, so uh, Crystal Palace took the lead with a Zaha penalty in the 19th minute. Now, I'm not even going to pretend that I've seen uh, the penalty decision or what it was given for. I'm not even going to do that. The question I am going to ask to you, Ed, though, is Wilfred Zaha at Crystal Palace. Now, I know the transfer window was a bit quiet for everyone, but we all kind of know that Wilf wants to go, whether it's informal or formal. He he wants to go. He, he is a better player than to be there fighting relegation or whatever the situation is. Come deadline day and no one's put a bid in. As Wolf Zaha, are you putting a transfer request in? Are you trying to force the move? He's already put a transfer request in. It was only last summer he wanted to move to Everton. But yeah, but he, 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 he withdrew that one last year. So like he withdrew still... that one. But, yeah, but that, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. The, no, the no, no, exactly. Zaha, he has ambition, hence why he joined Man United X years ago. 
But you know, right. do you know what the talk was? The talk was probably why it might have fell through because uh, uh, Zaha was in line to go to Dortmund to replace Jaden Sancho. Um, so maybe that's why he stuck around. What was that? What but, player was that, Cotton? Uh, no one. Uh, so moving, it's moving swiftly on. So Zaha, <laughs> Zaha scored a penalty for Crystal Palace in the 19th minute. Um, not a lot really went on in this game. It was until... a very boring game. Brighton just Brighton always posed a threat. They didn't give up the entire way through the game. But why should a team give up when you're only 1-0 down? I did watch the game. I was hoping for a Crystal Palace clean sheet for a FPL reasons. But yeah, it was a fantastic strike in the 89th minute of the game. I, 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 have, I haven't seen it, but it was McAllister that scored the goal. Um, so, Ed, you'll have, to fill, you'll have to fill me on that one. What was it like? Well, it, I don't want to. It wasn't a complicated goal. Literally, it was from the left flank. They come into the box. I can't remember who's the striker for Crystal Palace. Uh, no, it was, it was no, Ben no, Teke was on, or was it? No, ben, ben, he just cuts the ball back to the back, uh, the center of the box, and he just smashes it, and it just goes top left bins. Goalkeeper's doing nothing about it. He's only yeah. It's McAllister who got the goal. Um, yeah. 90, so that was it. Goal was then the ninety plus third minute. Lewis Dunk got sent off. I, I haven't seen it, so care to enlighten me why Lewis Dunk got sent off? I didn't even know Lewis Dunk got sent off. Yeah, well, apparently, so that doesn't count. If we if we up to up top, don't know why he got sent off. What minute was that? Sent off. Uh, ninety plus three. Okay, so I would have switched it off about ninety one minutes then. Let's look at his conclusion. Now. If we had the graphics, have we got? Hold on, let me see. Let me see. I'm gonna check. Just two. Just, just give me. Yeah, two you definitely seconds. do have. You do have these graphics. Uh, I don't know if we do. I don't know if we do. You know what I'm talking about. I don't. No, it's for some reason they're not. They're not in there. Uh, no, they're not Stop in them. there. Stop them. Yeah, <laughs> they're not in here. Unless it's this one, but I can't, I can't view it without like, yeah. No, so don't anyway, do that because it's going to be. No, I won't do it. So anyway, Tottenham Hotspur versus West Ham United. I'm going to give a massive shout out real quick before we start to uh, one of our friends, one of the followers of the show, Rob, who uh, is an absolute nonce because he texts me eight minutes into the game. Good quiet accusation. Hey, listen to this, yeah. Eight minutes into the game. You saw it in the group chat. Eight minutes into the game, right? And Tottenham were 2 0 up. Son, goal assisted by Kane. Kane, goal assisted by Son. Now, this guy had put on separate bets. He put a bet on for Son to be assisted by Kane, Kane to be assisted by Son, and then he put a, a, a like a double on which was like 66 to 1 of Kane to be assisted by Son and Son to be assisted by Kane. My man has put on about 15 quid's worth of bets and in eight minutes he's won 650 quid. So can we go around to Rob's house, check his hard drive, see what he knows? I'm upset about it. But, oh, look, I've won one of them bets before. They were fantastic. Uh, no, but he had four separate bets on, so I'm annoyed about it. So Tottenham took the lead from Son in the first minute. It was 40-something seconds or whatever it was. The, Anyone that's been sleeping on Son, because people keep saying to me, "Oh, he's he's actually half decent, any behave." Son has Son has been an absolute I, baller since. I he's, feel like he's always been rated. I just say, even when he was at Leverkusen, bro. he's been a baller, man. So great goal. Um, then Kane scored. Great goal. Um, he's proven then, he's not he's not just a striker. 
I'll, do you know what? Kane, man, at the minute is just levels, man. Like he's he's link up play. He's not even just scoring at the minute. Every uh, every game, if he scores, he seems to be assisting as well. He just seems to be. I don't know whether that's Jose getting out of him because I know Jose likes all of his players to be able to do everything at once or it's whatever it is. Harry Kane's always done. He's yeah, always, even I, for England. His hold up play is just yeah, it's just it's just nuts, man. So Tottenham were. 3-0 up after 16 minutes. They were, also, they were also 3-0 up in the 81st minute. And then the proverbial excrement hit the fan. Uh, Balbuena scored, which is a bit of a, a bit of a nothing goal sort of thing. Davison Sanchez then three minutes later turned into his own net and do you know what? I know a lot of Spurs fans and a lot of Spurs fans on Twitter have like some serious beef with Davinson Sanchez. Um, and do you, do you know what? Like, I don't know whether too much was expected of him because he came out of that Ajax team that got to the Champions League semi or the final or whatever it was. Champions League um, semi final knocked out. Yeah, they got to. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it, I don't know if too much expectation was placed in Davinson Sanchez because I. I don't see the performances that bring this sort of hate. Do you know what I mean? Like, because the Spurs fans really do not like him, and I and I just there's, don't. There's, there's I, lots of them players, though. You get the. It's like what William was at Chelsea from an yeah, outside William, perspective. Yeah, oh, right, William. Joke, on the inside. Yeah, William, but they yeah. are them players. You know, if you watch your team week in, week out, you analyze every player. You know how they can play. I understand I, it. I I completely understand it, but at the same time, I, I think, me personally, I think Davison Sanchez is still very good. But then it all really did hit the fan when 94th minute, corner comes out, edge of the box, and Lanzini's gone, listen, boys, I've had enough of this. I'm hitting it outside of the boot. And it is literally like one of the clean it's the cleanest strike since jfk i'm telling you it's literally gone absolutely <laughs> <laughs> it's gone absolute like outside of the boot top bins it's like hit the bar hit the post larice ain't got a clue um and is this is this the first player to be yellow carded for taking a shot off in a stadium with no fans I mean, you'd have to fact check that, but I wouldn't. Put, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. But I mean, the go, the it, go, it, I, bet, I bet he's never going to score a better goal than that again in his life. No his one life. will ever see it. I was going to say, in his defence, for him taking the shirt off, like go for it, go for it, son. It's ninety fourth minute, mate, and you, and you just ping that top bins. Go on, off you go, off you go. Forest Gump it straight down the tunnel, mate. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> so I'm good if he was in your fantasy team. Yeah, he scored. Oh, and he's got a yellow. <laughs> yeah. So in true in true Tottenham Hotspur fashion, all of the Tottenham Twitter, which was lovely, was uh incredible at half time when it was 3-0. Um league title aspirations at 3-0. Um <laughs> and then in eight look, minutes, you, you look at the table now, and especially with injuries to Van Dijk and the level of competition we've got, even teams like Aston Villa playing well, 
It's going to be an open title race. That wasn't me saying that. Oh, no, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, top it's... four is going to be a struggle for people. Top six is going to be a struggle for people. Like it, it, this season is going to be absolute. It's probably going to be the most open, not just title season. It's going to be the most open season there has been for ever. I think. Yeah, I mean, I've been impressed with Tottenham, regardless of you know. I, I have as well. Like I'm not it's, bagging it's been, on them. It's been one of them seasons already, and we're four games in five no we're five games in now and you just got to take it on the chin and move on you're playing positive yeah. football do you, do you know what, as well back. as well like I, I think Tottenham have been very good and I've had to eat my own words because I thought they wouldn't be very good to start of the season especially after they? losing to Everton opening game yep, yep. so I will eat my, I'll have some humble pie like Spurs are very good they look good Mourinho looks like he's actually got a team to click sort of thing but what I will say is, like you said, this season is so early on that you literally can't take the piss out of one of your friends' teams for losing seven two. Because listen, it might be you next week. You yeah, don't. You don't is. know. You don't know. Like when literally the same day when everyone's taking the piss out, you're not losing six one to Tottenham. Listen, I'd rather lose six one to a top four team than losing seven two to someone that stayed up on points. Do, do you oh, know what I mean? Give like, it a rest. No, on, hold bro. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But that's what I mean. That that's the situation. Like, so you you literally at this point in time can't even take the piss for drawing, losing, whatever. Everyone just needs to shut up. <laughs> give it give it ten games. Let's see where we are in a month or two or Christmas. Then we can start giving it Billy Big Bollocks. But at the minute genuinely everyone's beating everyone for absolutely no reason which brings us to our very last game of the day which was today which has just finished while we've been on air which was pay-per-view which i can't even believe they're asking people 15 pound for this game which is an absolute shambles we'll have another probably talk about that on the debate show um but ross barkley scored an injury time winner to maintain Aston Villa's 100% start to the season against Leicester. Aston Villa have played four games in the Premier League this season. They have a game in and, hand. And won, four, and won four games. This is the team that stayed up, not only just on goal difference, they stayed up because of that goal that never was against Sheffield United. Well, they've got some security now. Their manager's still there. Grealish is committed. They've brought some signings in. They've not had terms of international players going out. They've not had players playing in European competitions. As soon as they finish that season, they've regrouped and they go, this is what we're going to do. They've stuck by their guns and it pays off. I mean, it won't, you know, you probably look at a high mid-table finish if they carry on. But Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah, exactly. And, off, you know, credit to them. Leicester City, I think Leicester are very much in the same boat as the rest of the top six. One week you're on fire, the next week you're on fire. Um, it's, yeah, you know, you know. Le- Le- Leicester is Leicester are still in fourth as things go at the minute. Like they're they're, they're, yeah. they're not terrible, they're not great sort of thing. So, but go, as an, going back as to what a neutral, saying, I'm excited for the season. Yeah, me too. Going back to what you were saying about the the uh, Aston Villa signings. Ross Barkley, I know he's been like obviously Chelsea brought him, and even when they spent that money on him, I thought it was a bit of a thought it was a bit of a homegrown English quota signing, and he probably deserved a bit more. But I think him going on loan to Villa is uh, did he go on loan or was he he wasn't brought? Was he? That's a loan, isn't it? He's on loan. Yeah. He's, so him going loan, to 
yeah, him on loan it just just benefits everyone, man. Like Barkley's going to get consistent game time. Villa are getting a very good creative player that's not been given the time to shine. And well, the team's been built around the midfield, and they needed yeah. a player to match Jack Grealish. You needed a fellow international player, someone who knows how he plays, someone who needs to prove a point. It made perfect sense. He can play deep. The thing is with Ross Barkley, he was the standout player at Everton. The team was built around him. And then when he went to Chelsea, he became one player amongst a big pot of superstars. Yeah, just, and he just, just another cog. But yeah, at, at Aston Villa, he can really take a hold on his career again. So, you know, Aston Villa fans have got to be excited. Jack Grealish is clearly chuffed that he's playing with someone whose yeah, on his aspirations levels. are probably bigger than Villa. Yeah. So that was it. That was that was this weekend's Premier League games out the window. So I think we've done all right without without Daddy Daddy Mac. We've uh, we, we've survived through it. Sorry, Thank guys. I'm not. I didn't used to be a referee. I just yeah yeah. So I've been useless. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for all your comments and retweets and everything that's gone on through the show. Uh, we will be back. Uh, schedule shows on. We've got the. De- we might have. We might have the debate show tomorrow. No, no, we do have the debate show tomorrow. We do have the debate show tomorrow. I think the debate tomorrow. It might be about uh, Southgate. It might not because we've already done a podcast about that. It might be wrong. Don't don't hold me on that. Uh, and then on Thursday we've got the five midfield, and then obviously next week we'll be back with a review show. But Champions there's plenty League returns in the middle of the week. Champions League returns right. in the week. So Man United have got PSG on Tuesday. So I, you won't see me for about three weeks um, <laughs> unless unless Cavani scores a hat-trick. Um, so follow us on all the platforms. Hold on. Let me see if I can do this right now. Let me see if there's uh, still these knocking around. No, there isn't. Uh, apparently not. So just follow us on all... All, all the platform, all the internet platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the lot of them is at Two Up Top Football. So follow us on there, so you can find out when we're next doing shows, whatever we're doing. Um, on the YouTube channel, I'm currently losing my head and having aneurysms playing FIFA, uh, which is not fun. I haven't actually started playing Weekend League this weekend because. Uh, they moved it around, so I'm not doing it. So next weekend, we'll, do, we'll definitely do some weekend league, which will definitely get extra rage out of me. So just follow the channels, follow everything we do. Otherwise, we'll come to your house with baseball bats. So for me, Stephen Cotton, I'm saying goodbye. Ed? Peace out. Love you all. Equally. See you later, guys. Take care, everyone. See you up.